Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, if you're new to the show, what Josh and I do here is we watch two shows in their entirety on a internet streaming platform uh, via Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, sometimes YouTube Red. Or I guess not YouTube Premium, but whatever. Um, and we just give our thoughts and impressions of the whole show, and uh, then we give a grade at the end. Um... This episode, we're going to be talking about Season 2 of Cobra Kai and Season 2 of The Tick. Uh, both uh, One show is on U- uh, YouTube Premium, and the other one is on Amazon Prime. Yes. Um, before we get into any discussions, uh, sometimes we do talk about spoilers on this show. Very, you know, this episode won't have it, but uh, sometimes we do talk about heavy themes, so if, if uh, spoilers are heavy themes or something you don't really listen to, you are feel, feel free to leave, come back after you watch the shows or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, uh, real quick, uh, if you are a longtime fan and you want something to uh, commemorate you being a fan of the show, uh, we have a merch page that you can get uh, all kinds of stuff. Isn't that right, Josh? We do. We do. And usually I uh, have been linking it in the description of the episode. Uh, but that is at redbubble.com backslash peoples backslash all queued up backslash shop. Uh, and uh, and just know that anytime any any purchases you make via that page... They go right into the quality of the podcast and nothing. Yes, all proceeds from sold merchandise go into the podcast, the monthly podcast fund. Um, <clears throat> because, you know, it costs money to host a podcast and have a website and all that. And, uh, you know, if we didn't have a website, it would save us half the money. But, hey, you know, better to have it than not, I say. Yeah, fair. Uh, All right. So uh, now that we're past that, um, I just scratched my laptop, so that's going to be a good noise for you to hear, Josh. Uh, I didn't even hear it. (laughs) I'm sure Audacity did. Um, So, yeah, which show show would you like to start off with today, Josh? Let's start off with Tick. Perfect. Um, So if you remember, we did review Tick Season 1. I don't remember when. It was uh, it was a while back, man. Uh, it was over a year ago. Um, yeah. It was around the time we started, I feel like. No, no. But it was around... I'm pretty sure it was pre-amputation. Yeah, it was uh, March, <laughs> You'd have to, have to have March been. 2nd of last year, 2018. We published The Tick and Everything Sucks reviews that's how we that's how we measure time here at all keyed up guys yes there's uh pre, pre there's pa for pre-amputation and then pa for post-amputation but all time is it's, measured it's a really in hard PA. Cr- it's up to you which to determine <laughs> it's, a, it's a complicated little math puzzle but we got it um 
So yeah, if 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 you if you're not familiar with the text, Actually, there was an old cartoon. Interesting caveat here, or a tidbit of information, not caveat. The last show that we reviewed pre-amputation was season one of Cobra Kai. Fascinating. It was. Um, not the show per se. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that one later, guys. Um. So if you're not familiar with The Tick, there was an old cartoon series that was based off a comic book series, and then there was a live action show with uh, Tim uh, or Patrick Warburton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of all of it. I think Josh is too. I'm more of a casual Tick fan, but I appreciate The Tick. I mean, the guy that wrote it, you know, he he didn't do a lot of uh, issues. Uh, you know, he was an independent guy, and he was just kind of publishing them every so often. And he didn't publish a lot of issues, but it was a popular character. His name's Ben Edlund. Uh, and, you know, he actually was able to get the character a cartoon. And then he got them the yeah. live-action TV show. And then now this live-action TV show. The Tick the tick always, to me, with the cartoon, with the original live-action show, which is how I was introduced to it back in the day when I was a kid, um, was always... Not a a direct parody of superheroes, but a parody nonetheless. Um, it was more of a parody of the absurdity of cartoons that was that was or cartoons of comic books that was meant to be fun. The absurdity of superheroes, um, and it was just tongue in cheek is how I always took it. Uh, and then and then like the the live action show tried to really go hard with that. Um, I personally feel that if, like, you want a really good parody slash tongue-in-cheek sort of situation with that, you would probably do better with something like Mystery Men. Um, Ooh, Mystery Men was really good. It's it's easily one of my favorite movies. Uh, but The Tick does a really good job with that. And I think, personally, The Tick is a really, does, like, it's a better as a cartoon. Because it can really hone in on that absurdity. Um, as for the Amazon Prime show, they really, really, really try to go hard on a connective plot where nothing the tick related before has ever done that. Yeah. Um, the characters have backstories that come and play, come into play constantly. Uh, this season specifically did something unique with Dot. In in the previous season, she was just a paramedic who was Arthur's sister, mm-hmm. and she kind of got wrapped up into some shit. Um, Arthur and Dot's father was killed by the Terror, um, and the Terror was disposed of at the end of season one. After over a decade of everyone believing him dead at the hands of Superion. Right. And he was um, brilliantly portrayed by Jackie Earl Haley. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I actually looked up. I was because I was curious about the, that character itself, and he's a. The reason that I, I can see why they chose him as one of the main or the first main villain of the TV show or this 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 adaptation of it is because he was one of the first villains in the comic book. Yeah. Uh, he's he was then I saw you know, he was in the cartoon. He was in the live action show with Patrick Warburton. So like it makes sense. He's one of the long running characters, but. Um, because because of the death of of their father, it had an adverse effect on both of them. 
But this show kind kind of tries to take the idea of superheroes in a weird and unique direction. Um, and the idea the idea of like I've seen it before in other media, but like once one superhero is introduced, uh, suddenly a ton of other superheroes come into play. Yeah. Uh they really they really dive into that. It, it my problem with this show is the tick is the most out of place thing in the show. That's the thing, though. He should be out of place because... Uh, See, I disagree. Oh, okay. The cartoon and the other live-action show, the world was ab- was ab- was just as absurd as he was. He just represented that Boy Scout superhero. The the Superman of, of if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Chairface Chippendale. You have... Uh, other absurd villains that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, he fit in those worlds better. This story, if you were to literally change slight things, like instead of Arthur's suit being a moth, and you just had him in a super suit of some kind, you could literally tell this exact same story without the ticket. You really, really could. I'm not complaining. I'm not saying the tick doesn't need to be in it or the tick doesn't deserve it to be in it. The tick is a side character. The titular character is a side character in the story. I mean, I see he was that way in the first season too. I think it's more about you know the sure. world. I'm saying in this adaptation. It, sorry, it, I should I should clarify. It it feels more of the world that the tick is in the world of the tick and not just so much the focus of the character. I mean, he's, he's the glue that binds it all together though. To me, it's like without his absurdness, this other absurdness wouldn't exist. I feel that way more with season one than season two, season two. It really like, I think to every situation and every callback that happened in the show. And like, there's really not a ton that you couldn't slightly adjust to completely not have the tick in the show. I mean, please understand. I love the tick that, that, that I love that the tick is in the show, Mm -hmm. but the way that every single character acts, including the other absurd superheroes, you know, they talk and they they have their way about them. And it seems, it seems like it fits in the world. And then ticks just like, I'm bright and blue and I'm a boy scout. It's like, well, that's the juxtaposition of that. So bizarre. And maybe that's the point. I, I feel like that is the point. Yeah. Um, but it definitely is. It's way different than the other iterations of the tick. Like for me, the that version of the tick we see in the in this show is the exact same tick I've seen throughout my life. However, the world that he uh, that he lives in in this show is way different than the other adaptations. Like it's way more grounded and serious. This version is anyway. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm getting at. Like it's just it's it's very different and I and I I like it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Um I I really I really dig the whole, you know it doesn't focus solely on him, but it focuses more on the world and his perception of it and how, you know, he is just 
ever vigilant. Uh, you know, he's always wanting to be on patrol out there fighting evildoers doing evil doings, as he says, or wrongdoers doing wrongdoings, or however he said it. Uh, I just, he's he's a buffoon, but he is an absolute delight to watch. But if it had focused too much more on him, I think it would have been too heavy-handed in that regard. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I get what you're saying. Um, and I'm not looking for it to be more about the tick. I just felt like... I felt like the tick wasn't as integral to the show at least this season, as I had seen him before. And again, I'm not asking for him to be more integral. I'm just stating that it is... It is... If if you're going into this with nostalgia, if any of our listeners are going, well, I don't know if I should watch it, know that it is It is not... The show itself is not what you remember. It is different in that regard. And it's fine in that fashion. I'm just stating that because it's different, it's very noticeable to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm not... This is less of a <clears throat> critique and more of a I noticed a thing. <laughs> yeah. I I do love one thing, though, that you mentioned. It's like now that they have been acknowledged as stopping the terror, and there is a power vacuum that it's going to create an influx of crime and also, therefore, an influx of heroes. And just, you know, the, just, okay, here are heroes showing up. I love the fact that, you know, people who were around before who are now retired and then other people who have been heard of, you know, they're coming back on the scene. I just love the fact that, you know, that here, the, uh, Tick and Arthur, they're recruited by Aegis, which is an agency to monitor the safety of the world. And they're recruited to Aegis, and, you know, there's there's just a lounge available 24-7 for heroes uh, to go and chill at Aegis because they have... Fun fun fact, uh, real quick, yeah. just a side side topic here. The guy that plays, uh, I think it's Flex Flexnator? Flexon, Flex, Stephen Ogg. Flexon. He was the guy that played Trevor Phillips in Grand Theft Auto V, one of my favorite characters ever. And I Literally love I that mention. actor. Yeah, yeah, same here. I was very happy to see him, and I love that they, I love that a couple of the heroes, including him, play older versions of the hero that they had always been. Yeah. Because, like, he, he looks old. He looks like, he looks, Stephen, like, he looks that age, and, uh, but, he you know, he clearly has been our superhero for a long time, and that's that's the point I'm getting at. Like, everything in this season was awesome. It was great. It is a great pseudo-parody of superheroes. Great. No argument. I just can't... Ex- <laughs> just Tick always felt really, really out of place. So, um, I was also going to say that uh, uh, one of my favorite gags through the whole show was uh, the, the... I can't think of... I can't remember the character's name. But he was uh, he was the psychic guy that had a nipple in the middle of his chest. Yeah, Sage. Sage, thank you. That shit was fucking funny. Sage, <laughs> Every Sage time. the extra numerary or whatever it was called. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> he called it the thir- the blind eye of third aura. Uh. <laughs> that very much reminded me of the absurdity of like a character in. Mystery Man. Yes. 
And so did uh, so did Bronze Star. I mean, all of the heroes really remind me of mystery main characters. But that was the thing with Bronze Star, though, is we didn't ever see what his what his abilities were. Yeah, he just, just he just looked just he just looked like the guy. That, <laughs> you know, what he reminded me of is he looked like the guys that stand on the side of a of like a road for tips, and they're just they they pretend to be statues, bronze yeah. statues. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to love in this season. Like, I really enjoyed the the plot line with, um, with Overkill, yes, and Dot, like, and and fucking Ms. Danger Boats. Like, backstory was great. And Miss Lent becoming Joan of Arc. Oh man, dude, she was awesome. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's so much to love in this season. I just, I just, and I cannot stop thinking about it because it was something that really threw me for a loop. Was just how how borderline inconsequential the tick is to this entire storyline. And and he's, he even acknowledges it in certain parts of the show. Like he's completely out of his element. Yeah. Like he he gets confused all the time when there's like kind of lying or there's, you know, manipulating for reasons to help people. And he just doesn't get it. Yeah. And I know that that's the point. I a hundred percent know that's the point, but it just sticks out in my head as like, this is what, it's a fascinating thing that they they intended. They they want you to kind of feel like the tick a little bit, but they know you're not going to because you're not that naive. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine walking around being as naive as the tick? Oh god. I mean, it would be it'd be f- pretty fun for I think. a day maybe. <laughs> I love that though you know the first episode it kind of picks up after like the very next day after they took down the terror and the tick's sitting there and he's drinking coffee just straight out of the pot not in a mug straight out of the pot but when he offers coffee to somebody he pours it in a mug for them which is funny uh, but he's like why would I need a mug I've got the pot here but uh, Arthur Arthur is getting ready to go back to work and he's like where are you going he's like to work he's like but why? He's like, because we need money. He's like, but that's just paper. He's like, no money, no apartment, no coffee. And he's like, well, then no coffee. And I'm just like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> you can't. No, no. There's, that's, that doesn't exist in my world. No coffee. What the hell? Um... I took a sip just now, and it's delicious. I mean, it, it all depends on what kind of coffee you make and, and how, like, fresh it is. I mean... Because I'll tell you what, you give me coffee that's too bitter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mad. And nine times out of ten, if it's stale, I'm going to be mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like stale coffee, and I don't like, you know, convenience store coffee or Starbucks coffee, uh, which is pretty much the same thing in my book. Yeah, 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 I my parents buy like Folgers stuff. Folgers uh, pre ground. I'm not a fan of and, Folgers. Yeah, I was like, it's okay, but I have to add creamer to it. We're getting way the hell it's off okay. topic, by the way. It's okay because um, you know the chick enjoys coffee. I enjoy coffee. Coffee's great. I love coffee. I just hate bad coffee. Exactly. <laughs> like hate bad coffee. Exactly. Uh, but but um, yeah, man. Uh, th- this season, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was. 
structured together very well. I love the arc. Absolutely. Uh, I like the overall story arc. You know, the first season was split up into two halves. And you didn't even really see the terror hardly at all until the second half of the first season. Uh, in this, no, uh, not spoiling anything, but from the very first episode, you're pretty much given all the characters, antagonist, protagonist, everybody. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I think that's the important thing, too, with the show is it's even though, uh, you know, something about the tick I always enjoyed was it had kind of a bright, sunny side to everything. Yeah. I think that's, you know, if, if you were to take the tick out of the show, you'd probably lose that side, um, which I think is what makes this also so much fun. Uh, is It's still a serious story, but it's, it's still very silly. And that, I think, is one of the biggest reasons the tick is there. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much more we can say on it. Um, do you want to give final thoughts on a grade? Uh, yeah. The, uh, the voice actress that did the voice of Lobsterkules, which was just a wonderful villain name, you know, so it's a, it's a humanoid lobster that was, you know, we're not going to say why she was there, but they called her Lobsterkules. She was voiced by Liz Vassy, who actually played, um, in the live action uh, tick series, she played Captain Liberty. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, that was fantastic. But I loved, I loved uh, Tinfoil Kevin. Uh, I thought he was awesome in this season. Which uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I, I really enjoyed how they how they kind of delved into. Uh, like I said, the superpower stuff involving Superion and that kind of shit and, and um, categories and whatnot, and that Kevin actually, well, so that's a spoiler, but... Yeah, yeah. But, oh yeah, and Walter. I mean, come on. Walter was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. But yeah, this... There was a lot of, like, revelation stuff in this, in this, uh, this season, There too. was. There was a lot of stuff that was revealed, a lot of stuff to build upon, and they clearly left it open for there to be a season three, and I hope there is. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about uh, a renewal or a cancellation yet, and I really hope that we hear about a renewal soon. Yeah, because uh, I don't feel like Amazon. I don't feel like Amazon kills their shows off nearly as quickly or as rapidly as fucking Netflix does at this point. No, they don't. So hopefully we'll get a season three. Get a season three. Yeah, I'm hoping. And if so. we do, we'll review that shit too. Uh, but yeah, as for this uh, this uh, season, I'm gonna. I'm going to give it a solid A. It was a lot of fun. Uh, well done. The dialogue was smartly written. Um, the the plot was, you know, crafted together well. I really, really enjoyed it. And I want to see more of this just absurd, insane fun. Give me season three. And, you know, there's not much more to say about it without spoiling anything. <laughs> Yeah, with uh, give you a grade. I did a solid A. I did not hear you for some reason. For whatever reason, I looked at my phone for a second and missed your grade. Um, I heard everything else you said, which is weird. Um, yeah, I, I kind of mirror most of what you said. I, I uh, loved everything about this season. The story was great. The character development was great. 
I, I legitimately laughed at moments and uh, uh, I, I really hope they do more with these characters and, and kind of do interesting ideas with the, with the world that it all exhibits in. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it an A as well. Very cool. I got a feeling that we're not going to do that on the next show, at least one. Probably, probably not. However, I do want to bring up one thing before we move on to Cobra Kai. Um, If you've had the chance to see it, it's a popular thing on the internet at the moment. But uh, I went on to Snapchat and I was like, hey, I wonder what I look like with this female filter on. Oh my god, Uh, that's disturbing. Just just so you know, Josh... I, for some reason, I'll send you the picture. Oh, I saw it. Looked I saw like... it. It's in the Heat Discord. I saw it. <laughs> I swear to God, I look like I don't want to vaccinate my kids. Um, like, I'm just <laughs> I'm just going onto fucking Facebook re- uh, uh, threads just going, actually, they cause autism, and I'd rather have my kids have autism than be dead. Or, the other way around, I'd rather my kids be dead than have autism. I mean... Yeah, I saw that Mother's Day tweet you sent out too. That was <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. My, I was sitting next to my mom, and I was like, "I'm going to do this." Moment, she's like, "It's going to cause a bunch of people to get angry." I was like, "I doubt it. I don't think I have any friends that wouldn't agree with me." I mean, really? I mean, I retweeted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot, dude. I got a lot of uh, not a lot, but I got quite a few likes on Facebook, and uh, I think a couple couple likes and retweets on Twitter. But yeah, basically, if you, if you if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, at TrebRuckGeek, just if you want to do that, um, I tweeted out that, uh, I was like, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, except the ones who will vaccinate your kids. Vaccinate your kids, damn it. Word for word. Verbatim, that was it. <laughs> it's succinct and to the point. All right, we should move on to Cobra Kai, because I was just padding for time. Um, oh. <laughs> well, the, the uh, you know last year uh and uh in may uh it was i think it was early may let me just double check <clears throat> yes may 11th that was the day i got sick with the uh flesh eating bacteria disease um yeah and this publishes uh, the Friday a year ago that the amputation happened. So, well, yeah, interesting facts. But, <laughs> but, but, Cobra Kai Season 2 picks up the aftermath of Season 1, uh, where the Cobra Kai team... And Sensei Johnny Lawrence had won the All-Valley Under-18 Karate Tournament. And Johnny was upset about how his students had fought. Um, You know, he didn't like the fact that they fought dirty and took cheap shots and targeted weaknesses. And, you know, you start to see him regress some of his decisions. And his old sensei, Kreese, who he had believed to be dead, shows up at the very end. Uh, played by Martin Cove. I always loved Martin Cove. He plays such a great bad guy. Uh, especially in the 80s. Uh, 
But, you know, on the on the other side of things, Daniel, he's mentoring Johnny's uh, wayward son and, you know, continuing to train him. And his daughter uh, wants to start uh, undergoing karate training again as well. And the second season becomes uh, more of an us versus them thing. Uh, they're really going aggressive. Uh, Cobra Kai is wanting to recruit more people. Daniel is wanting to basically put Cobra Kai out of business, take them down, stop them once and for all, as he says. Uh, and he starts his own dojo and offers free lessons. That's the basic premise, and a lot of things spill out from it. But I'm going to take it that you you said that you didn't care for it, but for completely different reasons from the first season. So I'm curious yeah, so season, what your, your reasons are. Yeah, so in season one, I was kind of expecting this idea that if you if you try to rewatch Karate Kid now, it is a it's a very silly movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I felt like that that sentiment should have been transferred into this show where uh there is a very silly idea for um there's a very like a very silly idea that these characters would still be so into karate and i wanted like the idea that i had in my head was that the the town that that all this takes place in is kind of stuck in the 80s and the way that they view everything is still very 80s while like somebody else, some outsider comes in and is just like, this is bizarre. And it's, it's, it's the, it's, it's taking that fish out of water thing and kind of turning it on its head. That's what I thought would be really funny and really cool. The show didn't do that. It was like, no, this is more of a very serious take on, you know, where these characters are as adults and, and, you know, their kids are involved and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I get it. It's just not. A, what I wanted, and B, what I thought it should have been. Like, and, and I personally feel like, and I know you don't agree with me, but the two main actors, the guy who plays Johnny and the guy who uh, and Ralph Macchio, not great actors. Whoa, um, no, they're not. Uh, that's why they're not in a lot of movies, dude. I mean, they're not great actors. They never were. Although I would argue that Zabka's a better actor than Macchio. Uh, you could argue that. Well, then that's, I think that's another aspect of why I didn't like season one so much was I felt like their acting styles would have worked best in a, in a silly comedy. It would have, it would have, it would have felt more in place where this serious tone doesn't fit their acting styles. So, but that's besides the point. You had said to me after we watched season one, it's not a comedy. It was never meant to be a comedy. There are just some funny love, like there's some moments of levity and that's about as far as it goes. I went, okay. If we're watching season two, I'm going to take that into context. I'm going to watch season two the way it's intended. But now I have something else that's very bizarre to me. The, 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 the showrunners, the writers, and the actors are stuck in the 80s. The, the entire show's premise is an 80s movie. And, but it takes place now. Mm -hmm. The things that happen with these kids, shouldn't happen. It's a very 80s movie. The the one kid that had like the cleft lip and he all of a sudden he gets a mohawk. Yeah. That's so 80s it it hurts. Oh yeah. But it feels completely out of place with everything else going on. 
Like, it feels in place of the idea of an 80s movie, but it feels out of place of it taking place now. The juxtaposition between the two is so off-putting to me that that's all I could concentrate on. I was just like, wait, why are we having like an 80s montage in this, in this world that exists now? Like they still have cell phones. They still have technology and, and, and the internet. And a lot of this stuff just wouldn't happen nowadays because of what we have, but it's happening. And it was just, it, it just was very strange to me. How, how, how do you um, mean certain things wouldn't happen these days? Uh, miscommunication, situations where characters were talking to one another and, and there was uh, a lack of understanding, going to someone's house versus just trying to get a hold of them, um, going and, and meeting them face to face for the sake of that dramatic tension versus just contacting them via email or text message. There was a lot of moments like that where I thought that could have been handled differently in the real world. And for the sake of this dramatic show, it was handled like an 80s movie. That's what I'm talking about. And and I noticed a lot of that because all I could think of was the plot was written as if it started off on a VHS tape and it said New Line Cinema. Um, now, don't get me wrong, Josh. If this show was written in, like, and it took place in the 80s, I probably would have no complaints. But the fact that it that it has a very strong... 80s style to it in the terms of the storytelling while not taking place in the 80s is very very off-putting to me um and it's not that i have a problem with that that type of storytelling i love 80s movies but they're silly the the concept of them is bizarre um and that's fine for the 80s it doesn't work now. It just doesn't work now. And so there are little things where, like, they they try to fix this by saying, Johnny doesn't know how to use a computer. Ha ha ha, look at him try to surf the internet. Which, their version of the internet looks like a, a series of GeoCity sites. Um, which I thought was very strange. Uh, it, but it still felt like, it was like, why didn't any of the kids use those sites. They they illustrate that they know how to use them in the first season. So why 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 go this route? That's that's what I, I, I think off. that was done primarily just to show how out of uh, out of touch with reality Johnny is. You know, he's a very uh you know, he was like a general contractor, day laborer and just a guy that the guy that goes to work and then drinks fucking Coors Pony uh, beer and sits home and watches 80s movies all the time. I mean, that was pretty much his character. He didn't understand the internet or anything like that. I think that's why they went a little over the top with that part. But... I, it just, it was so... Again, the, the word off-putting is all I can really conjure up at the moment because that's 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 just how I felt. It it felt off, it felt kind of forced, it felt out of place. Uh and I just I just didn't enjoy it after that. Like I understood that it wasn't meant to be funny. There were just a couple funny moments. Um 
And then there's the whole fucking, like, spoiler alert, school fight. Holy shit, that was lame. Really? God, that was lame, Josh. Oh, my. Yeah, it was so bad. I enjoyed it. Was so it. I it was awesome. I mean, it would have been awesome in the in, in place of an 80s movie. But in 2019, it was weird and lame. Well, that, that you've just not seen any good school fights in a while, I guess. I work at a goddamn school, I know. Josh. You need to make one happen. Uh, well, that's my point. Is 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 if if again, Josh, if this was a silly comedy or they were trying to be more funny and more and and have more fun with it, that whole school fight scene wouldn't have been so bizarre and so out of place. But because they went with a serious tone, is why it feels so weird. Like, how do I put this? How do I put this more succinctly? When I go to work every day, and the way the kids act is not how these kids act. These kids acted like they would in Karate Kid, <laughs> like the original movie. But in 2019, that shit don't make no sense. Well, I mean, you know, maybe the actors, or the writers, I'm sorry, should have gone and studied more current uh, climate and conditions in schools, uh, you know, done a little more research in that regard. But I completely, when I'm watching something, I tend to and try to completely eliminate like real world connotations to the setting. You know, I'm suspending my disbelief to the best of my ability. Uh, I well, I, I would I would suspend disbelief if it wasn't for it's it's kind of like it's the Batman thing. Um, so Batman is is a kind of a silly, over the top superhero in a sense. He's he's a billionaire playboy Psychopath. that has a sure you know that right. But my my point is that nine times out of ten, if Batman does something in media, you just kind of go, "Well, it's Batman. He figured it out. He's smart. And all this kind of shit." But Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy set Batman up in a in a slightly different light. It was a real it was a more realistic setting. So when situations in Dark Knight Rises come up and someone's like, "Well, it's Batman." And I'm like, "That doesn't work here. It doesn't it doesn't work in this movie. In this context." And that's kind of the point I'm making with this show. If you're going to set your show in a in a realistic setting, I don't think it's it's right to have your characters do things that don't fit the world you've created. Um, now, I know people might disagree with me and say that that's not the point or that, I don't know, some, some other various things. But it, it just, for me, when I would, when I was watching it and... Characters would do things like the Mohawk kid would do very fucking bebop and rocksteady shit. Or one fucking kid calls them that. And he's like, you're bebop and rocksteady shit. I was like, one, one, one what? One kid called the two new recruits on Cobra Kai that, that were backing him up. Implying yeah, was, that, that was were, that. they were mindless thugs. I can tell you right now that even if even a fucking senior in high school wouldn't know who the fuck bebop and rocksteady are. Well, this that this was absolutely also, 100% this also, for, for this you. This also came from a comic nerd. 
and he was in a comic book shop when he said it. And it's well established that he is a uh, very, very, very big comic nerd. Uh, I don't. So think, it was a believable line that... from him. <clears throat> Plus, IDW Comics—they've been making Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics for several years, and it's one of the best comics out there. So true, but but on again, on the other hand, man, like it just it what it didn't feel like a proper insult in that scenario. It felt like it was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the audience that grew up with those characters. Uh, so the 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 point that I'm getting at with everything that I've been saying is that um, I I couldn't get past how they tried to they basically they tried to make a show that felt like an '80s an 80s rivalry movie like Karate Kid that takes place now, but I don't think they did it right. I don't think that they made it together correctly. Now that all that being said, Josh, all that being said, my critiques about the show, um, I did enjoy it more than I did season one. That's, that's, that's Um, good. But only slightly. Uh, I, I really dislike season one because it wasn't what I, thought it should be um but not but but giving it a second chance and really trying to absorb what they're attempting to do i feel like where they succeeded was actually telling a solid story about two characters that have a rivalry and yeah. um surrounding the idea of karate dojos and having different teaching styles because that's how they were taught um that to me is a good story. Um, but again, the show should have, like, it needed, again, to take place in a different time. I, I, I really do believe, Josh, that one of, one or two things sh- would have been awesome for the show. And, and I'm not saying, like, make it a comedy, because it's not where I'm going with this. One or two things. Completely unrelated to Karate Kid, and it takes place in the 80s. Or, it takes place now, but it's an alternate history where the 80s kind of overtook everything. And so 2019 looks like 1985. See, I don't get the whole everything looks like 1984-85 at all. I don't get that vibe at all. Um, I'm not saying it looks that way. I'm saying that it feels that oh, way. Oh, okay. See, I'm not even getting the feel of it. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things that are kind of throwbacks, but... You know, throwback nostalgia for that period has been a thing for a while now. Um, So it doesn't really bother me when that stuff occurs. Um, But yeah, the I'm really enjoying where the storyline's going is because you see see Johnny's uh, old sensei come in, and Johnny's got his own methods, and he's really trying hard. And he doesn't want this guy around his kids. And he's like, no, this is your school. I'm not here for that. And he's, you know, under the pretense that he's trying to make amends for things from the past. But if you know anything about his character, he's absolutely 100% totally manipulating and trying to slowly wrest control and exploiting the weaknesses weaknesses of his former student. And Daniel, the entire time, he still has this fucking 
raging hard on to take down Johnny. And, you know, Johnny, yeah, he was a little bit of a jerk at times when he was younger, but who wasn't? That's the thing. Daniel's the biggest jerk in this series still. He absolutely 100% is, and he doesn't see it. He doesn't see how much of a jerk he is. And he doesn't wait for explanations. He just flies off the handle and assumes thing, things. And when you see, and they did this in the first season, and you see them do it again in the second season, they have to actually spend time together in a setting. And they really get along well and genuinely seem to enjoy each other's company. And where I think this is going, because spoiler alert, we are going to, I'm a, I am going to spoil this. Um, Johnny loses control of Cobra Kai at the end, and Kreese has Cobra Kai at the end. I think you're going to see the two of them team up and blend their training styles together. Oh, that I mean they're there. It's alluding to that. It 100% alluded to that because, well, that's, and that's a little bit of a, an issue that I have with the show again, Josh, is that. You know, uh, um, uh, is it, man, Ralph Macchio's character, why would Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. uh, he, um, his daughter goes in and, uh, goes with, uh, uh, Johnny's son to, to Johnny's house. And, um, because she didn't want to go home uh, because she was afraid she would get in trouble and she caused a bigger problem. Right, and here's 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 my problem with with classic films that do the same thing, and this show tried to do uh, this show did the exact same thing, and that was complete lack of communication. It always it doesn't matter if it's this show or something else, Josh. Even if it takes place now or in the eighties, it doesn't matter. If there's a complete lack of communication, it bothers the hell out of me. Like, legitimately, it, it gets me. Because it's like, why did neither Johnny nor Daniel talk? Mm-hmm. I, it, it always bugs me. Um, and it felt, it felt like, to an extent, that having these two characters have a massive connection at that restaurant. And then, I think an episode later, two episodes later, that scene happens. I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Like, it just, it felt, it felt weird. It felt really weird. Like, I know they were going for the idea that Daniel was over-emotional and overprotective, and it was, it's gonna, it's, it's intended to cause some kind of strife in the beginning of season three, and that, like, all of a sudden at the end of season two, everything Johnny's built is just gone suddenly. Yeah. And, and you see, it. when Daniel goes to Johnny's apartment, he's like, look, man, you need to calm down. They're kids. Kids do these things. We did these things. He's trying to be rational with him. And he's trying to force his way, and he's like, dude, this is my house. You're not coming in here. Settle down. Come back. And that's when Daniel kicked the door, and he's like, all right. You know, at that point, I see Johnny's side of things. He's had enough. You know, here this Larusso jerk is, still being a jerk years later after he's given him chances. To me, Daniel is the antagonist even more so. And he's not trying to be. he's a... Well, that's my problem is that he was Daniel was absolutely the antagonist in season one. Yeah, he was. He was the he was intended to be the opposite of what Johnny mm-hmm. was, and and that's great. But in season two, they they continuously build it to the point where Johnny and Daniel are friends, 
to completely disregard that in the like the last episode. And it was very bizarre to me. And, and I know how the season three is going to go. It's going to start off with Johnny making amends with Daniel after everything was and then, and then fucking teaming up. I don't see what the point was, though. Why not just have the end of season two be uh, like Daniel coming over, seeing Johnny and Johnny going, all right, so look, here's the thing. She didn't want to make you mad, so she came here. And Daniel going, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you contact me? And Johnny going, well, I wanted her to rest first so that way she could contact you. And then Daniel going, uh, nah, like you should have contacted me. I'm going to take my daughter and go. And that was it. Like Daniel was a little peeved, not this like over dramatic 80s fucking bullshit. Well, that's the thing. It's been established. His character has always been a hothead. So it worked. It's, it didn't. It didn't feel right though. It didn't feel right. I don't know, man. Uh, as a parent, I don't know how I would act in that situation if I had to face it. I really don't. Well, no, I I think I because I've seen situations like this both in movies and in real life, Josh, and and like I can tell you that a parent would be understandably upset about the situation. I could understand. <clears throat> sorry. I can understand Daniel being upset with Johnny for not contacting him because what were Daniel and his wife doing in the previous scene, trying to call their daughter and didn't know where the mm -hmm. fuck she was being panicky. I, it makes perfect sense. The fight in Johnny's apartment made no sense. It just didn't make sense considering they had just built a rapport. Well, I mean, you know, they did the same thing in the first season. It all fell apart too. Um, uh, I was, yeah, and I, I believe I critiqued it then as well. It's just they can't get past their decades-old biases against each other for shit that happened in high school. Like, um, neither one of them can let it go. And I'm hoping that in season three they do finally resolve that issue. Um, I feel like they should have resolved it in this they should season, have. so that way... With with the with the revelation that you know Cobra Kai was now taken over by Crease uh, Crease yeah Kreese, yeah John Crease yeah uh, like that revelation should it like it, the fact that it was the end and it was like oh shit that's gonna be the big thing in season three was great I have no issues with that uh, other than it is it, it it that's that whole scenario by the way felt very much like. Like the the uh, the end of the of of the end of the second movie of a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It really did. And you know, you had we had there was some heavy stuff. I mean, Johnny reuniting with four of the original five Cobra Kai members. That was great. I really, really like. I, 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 I text you about that, that episode to see to see Tommy and Bobby and Jimmy back. The only one that wasn't there was Dutch, and they just wrote it as you know, ah, Dutch. He's pulling another stint in, in in prison, and you know that's believable for his character because he was the biggest kind of hothead out of all of them in the original movies. And, uh, you know, Bobby was always the nice kid who, like, when he swept Daniel's leg, he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. He made me do it. I'm so sorry, you know. Um, but that was a cool episode to see that throwback. The real reason why the one dude didn't come back to play Dutch shows is he just didn't want to come back and do it. Yeah, that was But, dude, they made, they made uh, the guy that plays Tommy, they made him look old as shit. 
Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say the 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 most clever thing about that to me was instead of writing off that the guy was dead, they wrote that he was in jail, which fits more the motif of those characters from Crooked. Yep. yep, and you know if there's. You know, maybe in season three he gets out and can come back if he changes his mind. There's an end for him. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, I, but that was a powerful episode, man, I thought. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I, I mean, it felt it felt like a lot of what um, Johnny was going through this season was definitely that whole, like, an antagonist going through different, different versions of loss and tragedy. Uh, so that way, the 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 massive comeback in the third act is so triumphant. Is what yeah. this whole thing felt like. Um, it, again, it just it just had way too many strong notes of '80s movie versus you know like it making sense for the time era that it's in. So that's that's my problem. Um, but again, like I said, dude, I I didn't. Uh, well, well, you know what? Let's let's get to grades. So you yeah, can yeah, kinda... you go ahead, since I went first last time. So, because of the um, pretty strong presence of them really sh- going for that 80s feel when it comes to how the story progresses in certain, in certain beats, um, in certain aspects with the kids that I just thought was super, super, super fucking, like, uh, 80s... Uh, uh, I don't want to say movie, but it it just felt very much in that like nineties, eighties era of how to tell the story of kids. Um, like that really threw me off. Uh, but because there's a lot of really good notes in the show and it did feel like there was better direction in the show. Like they, like they, Mm -hmm. they really tried to get the, the characters to emote the way that they needed to, but there were some very like, to me personally, and I know this is not a critique that everyone's going to agree with, very lame 80s montage moments, like just strong. Hey, do you remember when you saw this shit in the 80s? Like when the two kids were balancing on the fucking board in the pond? Good lord. I, I, good lord. I, I love how the, the Dimitri, though, the super nerd, when he comes in, he wants to be trained. He's like, first, I'm going to have you paint this fence. He's like, what? No, I don't want to paint a fence. He's like, well, there's reasons behind it. He's like, yeah, I get it. Muscle memory. You want to train my body to remember certain motions. Let's just skip all that, okay? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were, there were moments where it, it kind of, uh, it, it was self-aware. Um, but there were moments where it didn't seem self-aware when it did very much the, the, the classic meme of, uh, of, uh, uh, Steve Buscemi, you know, how do you do fellow kids? Uh, when they started fucking referencing Game of Thrones, I was like, did the, did the writers from Big Bang Theory just show the fuck up on set one day? Like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't get any Game of Thrones references cause I've not started watching it yet, but guess what? I'm going to start watching tonight. Good. It's a, I think you'll enjoy um, it. That's been my plan. You know, a lot of people have been telling me for years, you need to watch Game of Thrones, you need to watch um. Game of Thrones. One, <laughs> I'm, after it's been built up so much, I don't know if it can live up to the hype. Two, you know, I'm an impatient person. I love the age of streaming. I like being able to absorb content in a quicker manner than, oh, I watched these 10 episodes, now I have to wait a year. Now I watch these 10 more episodes, now I have to wait another year. 
Now watch these eight episodes. Now I got to wait 18 months for six episodes. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to be that schmuck. I'll watch it all at once. <laughs> knock, knock. <clears throat> Sorry. Go back to your thoughts. I said knock, knock. <sighs> Who's there? Interrupting Josh. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go there. I was I was letting you I was letting you finish your thought because that was that was a good thought. I just wanted to fuck with you. Um uh no, the, the the rest of my thought is that there was moments that completely threw me off and I did not like them. Uh again, the Game of Thrones references, it was less of the reference itself and more the fact that they were trying to shoehorn references into the show. Uh, to very much be like, I need, I like, hey kids, we we get it too. We're cool and hip, and I'm just like, eh, it's whatever. It's fucking dumb. Um, uh, but th- there's a there's a solid fucking story there that I actually kind of dug. So, um, I think last season I gave it like a D minus at best. I was like, this no, is... you gave it a C minus. Did I give it a C minus? Well, no, it's a C. Yeah. No, it's just a C. Like oh, it's okay. just it's just very average to me. Like it's 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 middle of the road. Um, didn't hate it, didn't love it. <laughs> that's, that's, that, uh, you know, that's at least better than your first reaction. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, I thought this was, oh, you're done, right? Yeah, yeah. I sure. wanna, okay. Yeah, sure. I, I, I thought, I thought this was, you know, structured better, uh, than the first season. And I really enjoyed the first season. Um, I really liked how, you know, both both Daniel and Johnny as senseis of their respective dojos have their own methods that they're trying to teach pretty much the same lessons, uh, you know, and you see them parallel. Like Johnny's whole motivation to work together as a team with a cement truck. I thought that was cool as shit. You know, unorthodox as hell, yeah. But I thought it was cool as hell. Um, just, uh, I'm really intrigued and I'm excited and I'm so happy that they announced already that there is going to be a season three as of last Friday. Um, so that makes me happy. I'm really looking forward to what they do with it. Uh, I don't feel that it took, it didn't take me out of the element at all. Yeah, it's a little heavy handed on certain 80s themes, but I feel a lot of things are these days with their throwbacks and callbacks to the 80s. you know, I like the fact that I enjoyed the school fight. I thought the choreography in that school fight was amazing, especially there for a great chunk of it. It was just one continual moving camera shot, and that's impressive to me. Uh, moving up and down the same corridor in a hallway and going around turns in the same hallway without any cuts, and you see all these little smaller fights going on. Uh, were the rivalries of, you know, friends turning on each other in that fight, you know, and they're having their own little sections fighting here, fighting here. I thought it was well done, well shot. Uh, the the end result of that fight, you know, you see, you see some terrible consequences of that fight, and you see the one person trying to abide by what their sensei told them and trying to live that, and you see another person going against everything their sensei taught them, and the horrible consequences that happened. They actually raised fucking stakes. It wasn't just a fight in a tournament. This there's 
I'm not spoiling it, but something traumatic happens. Yeah, but yeah, I really enjoyed this season. Uh, I really enjoyed last season, and I enjoyed this season more, so I'll give this season an, uh, another uh, solid A from me. And look forward to season three. All right. Uh, you know, what's fascinating about our, our difference and what we did liked and didn't like about this show is it's not like um, it's not like we can sit there and definitively say like if you think like me you're gonna dislike this show you're gonna like it or whatever it's 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 this is probably one of the first shows that you and I have not seen eye to eye on but at the same time like listening to our opinion is kind of it's helpful but in a different way I don't know it's it's cool I like that I like that we have a Pretty strong, different opinion on this show. Or this, this, yeah, this show. Alright, guys. So that is going to do it for us here. Um, uh, in, in lieu of the episode number, this is actually episode three. There's our 50th recording. Thank you guys so much for listening to us for 50 episodes. Um, if, uh, if you're new and you haven't listened to 50 episodes, awesome. Thank you for being here for another 50. Um, I, I didn't, I, we didn't plan anything special. So just thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, guys. Um, the next review show, which will drop on May 31st. May 31st. Uh, we'll be reviewing a new show on Netflix called The Society. Uh, we kind of read the synopsis to each other before recording and it sounded really cool. So we're going to check that one out. And the comedy show, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Um, so that should be fun, hopefully. If not, we'll let you know. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for us. Josh, where can they find you online and all that jazz? Well, aside from here, every Friday, uh, you can catch me every Friday night around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show that I do with my friends called MPSP Theater, uh, Masterpiece Shitpiece Theater, uh, play on the old Masterpiece Theater thing. Uh, it's a show where we get together and talk about the latest uh, weekly pop culture news. Sometimes we talk video games, movies, TV shows, comics, a wide variety of things. Uh, we really enjoy the show. Have a fun time doing it. We've been putting out some really strong content, and I really think you should check it out. Uh, it's on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every Friday night. It's live. But you can always look for past episodes, and that's now available on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Uh, you can also catch me on occasion on Off the Runner when schedules permit uh, to show with me and some of my friends from Stasis Lock that we do, where we uh, build models, usually Gundams, uh, working on anything creative model-wise, you know, whether it be painting or customizing, building, those kind of things. Uh, we have fun doing that. And then, of course, you can follow me on social media on Twitter at E-N-S-A-B-A-H-N-U-R-1976, N-S-A-B-A-N-U-R-1976. Uh, you can catch me uh, on Facebook under my regular name and links to my Instagram profiles there, links to my Twi Twitch page that I still have but barely ever use. But, you know, something might be coming out of that soon, so we'll see. Well, that's about everywhere where they can find me. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram at ChubRockGeek, although I'm far more uh, uh, active on Twitter. Um, 
You can also follow me on uh, my personal t- uh, uh, Twitch account, which is twitch.tv slash And I wanted to throw out here, since it's this comes up on Friday, um, Saturdays, f- f- between 4 and 5 p.m., again, follow me on Twitter to find out, I'm going to be bringing back Jackbox Saturdays on my personal channel. Um, I thought about doing it on, on Half of the Energy Tank. Brian said no, they're going to restructure the whole stream, so it's going to be different now. Uh, and then uh, I felt like Mission Start just it wasn't a good home for that, so it'll be on my personal channel. But I'll be doing that every Saturday night now, and I know that Josh will be joining me. Um, so so come follow me on Twitch and, and come come play some games. You can play with your phone. You can uh, just go to a browser, Jackbox.tv, and you play along with us. It's fun. It is. Um, but also speaking of Mission Start are, podcast, are, are, are we going to do that this Saturday? Yep. That's why I'm bringing it up now. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, starting this, starting tomorrow from listening to this podcast. Uh, uh, but speaking of Mission Start podcast earlier, um, uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, Anthony and I have a, uh, kind of a, a discussion and then it turns into a, uh, 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 video game news opinion podcast. Um, where we take we take four topics and we talk about them in in about ten minute intervals, and then I do a a segment where I either talk about Overwatch or I give my opinion on something. Either way, it's a good time. We interact with the chat uh, during like in the middle of the podcast. It's a lot of fun. But that's every Wednesday night at six p.m. to eight. Uh, so come join us at at at. at uh, Twitch.tv slash mission underscore start. Uh, and I think that's about it. Awesome. All right. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because I, at the moment of recording this, have to use the bathroom very badly. But uh, yeah, right. that's uh, that good. Yeah, yeah. go uh, watch. Yeah, go ahead and watch. Um, I think you should leave. And the society, join us in two weeks when we talk about that. Join us in one week from today. Uh, where we uh, will discuss some stuff that Josh and I want to talk about. If there's any topics or anything you want us to talk about, any news that popped up, let us know on the Facebook discussion group, on our Twitter. You can follow us at All Cued Up Podcast. Um, but yeah, guys, we, we read everything social media-wise. We read all the comments on any any of the platforms you listen to this podcast on. So leave us a comment. Uh, give us a rating. All that stuff helps us uh, get more exposure for the podcast and gets more listeners here in our here in our beautiful. Uh, it's gonna. There's a word. Dulcet tones. There we go. That's the word. Oh, dulcet any tones. Other, any other thoughts before I uh, wrap this up, Josh? Uh yeah, Anthony. I saw your tweet the other day. You totally jerked it. <laughs> I'm gonna isolate your that brother. Your too. brother was right. You jerked it. <laughs> you know, here's my thing about that. Even if he did, why is he so weird about him doing it in the bathroom? That would be the cleanest place to do it. I don't know. I just thought it's, it was funny. It's well, it is funny. That's why I laugh. But it's just so weird that he's like, "Ah, you jerked on the bat, weird." I was like, "What? How is that okay?" <laughs> anyway, guys. Again, thank you for listening. Join us next week uh, where Josh and I talk about some stupid shit. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.